You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 113 and I am joined by Joey Gilkey from Sales Driven Agency. Joey, thanks for being here. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Uh, what's up is it's nice and early for me, as usual. Every time I do one of these interviews to try and line up with the US time zones, it's always right. fun kicking off at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, That's late <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, man, it's uh, it's just one of the uh, downsides. I mean, one of the things you have to accept when you uh, have a biz- international business, I guess. So it's just the way I it is it. when yeah. you live in Australia, especially. It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, we are going to be talking about hiring salespeople for your agency, and I'm really excited about this topic for a very selfish reason. In that, um, I've always thought about hiring like a business development manager for Content Snare, and uh, I feel like I'm going to ask some selfish questions of Joey today uh, <laughs> to try, uh, but to try and get um, some of my own questions answered, obviously. But um, the main topic is actually hiring salespeople for your agency, and I know this is a popular topic because, you know, there are only so many hours in the day. And if you're running an agency and you're trying to do sales as well as like operations, it's just too much. So the idea of hiring a salesperson to get that side uh, of your business sorted uh, is pretty attractive. So Joey, can you give yourself a bit of an introduction on uh, just what you guys do and how you help agencies? Yeah. Yeah. So we are sales driven agency. Um, I like to think we solve the biggest pain point that agencies have. Uh, no, that's content people. collection. Sorry. That's, uh, no, getting, getting more sales is 100%. Uh, it's, the you know, you got the delivery side, delivery side, super hard. And you got the growth side. I like to think sales should drive growth. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So sales driven agency, we specialize in working with agencies only. Um, most of that's because of my background. So, Brief background, ran the Southeastern Division of a Fortune 100 company, sales department, moved into a consulting firm, ran VP of sales there. And then I got into the agency world where I was the VP of sales at an agency, uh, built it up, ended up starting my own thing. And then what eventually morphed into what we have today, which is sales driven agency. And uh, I like to think that agencies are what I call my people. Um, I, I like to serve my people. And so uh, that's why we specialize specifically in agencies. And what we really do is we're not some outsourced lead gen shop. We're not some consultant that tells you what you're doing wrong. We actually come in and build out sales departments for agencies. So everything from their sales process to their sales tech stack to their sales team, hiring, training, managing people, uh, and then finally their sales assets and sales enablement tools. That's us in a nutshell. Yeah, nice. And I mean, it's a much needed service and like, it's definitely more on the unique side, you know, like you said, there's a lot of lead gen sort of services out there, but to actually train up salespeople in-house and find the right people, it's difficult for someone who's not done that before, you know, like I wouldn't know the first bloody thing about trying yeah, to find someone. And, and it's such a, um, a skill, right? Like a, not many people can sell well. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and oftentimes, even if they can, what we find is if you don't have the right 
infrastructure operations set up, even at a minimal level of sales processes and some form of track to run on, even a good salesperson who has the quote unquote goods or the, the skills can still sometimes come in and just suck, right? That's the, right. that's why we want to help be a sales driven agency and, and really impact the whole sales department. And, uh, but you're, you're entirely right. One in sales is daunting hiring salespeople. Um, what do I look for? Who do I hire? What do I look for them at? Mm. Uh, how do I train them? What do I, how do I manage them? If I've never done sales or built a sales team, how am I supposed to teach someone how to do sales and manage them? Right. Like it's just this big daunting process. Totally. So let's start answering some of those questions. Like you mentioned there, like before that someone who has the skills can still fail if you don't have the processes set up. So is that where people need to start? Is that like the first thing is getting some kind of processes sort of like think about an agency who has never done this before. Uh, You know, I guess people who have hired salespeople and may have a little experience, they're still going to get something out of this, but but start, let's start with like talking about someone who's never done this before. Where do they start? What's the first thing they need to do? They're not a salesperson. They never hired salespeople. Um, This is the hard part because there is that aspect of like, how do you transfer knowledge or create process around something you've not done? Uh, We like to break it down into like macro processes first. So the answer to your question is yes. I think process needs to be, in emphasis before you bring somebody in. What a lot of people do is make the mistake of, well, I'll just go hire some senior sales guy. And it's been a, a ton of money. That salesperson comes in, they don't really have a track to run on and they kind of run aimlessly for 90 to 180 days and waste a bunch of your money. And they either leave because they're frustrated that they're not set up for success or you fire them because you're blowing money. Um, having a process to hire them, hire, having a process to train them, having a process to manage them. Training is gonna be the toughest part. Managing is, is easy when you actually break it down. Um, but having the process for them to come into first and foremost and a documented process, that's part of the training, is we like to break it down to macro process. So if you think about um, a deal, when a deal is created, we like to say a deal is created when a first time appointment is confirmed, right? So when I'm either reaching out to a prospect or a prospect is coming inbound to us, the moment that we confirm them on our calendar, we would consider that a deal has been started. Mm-hmm. So we think of macro processes as left of deal. So everything that happens before a deal is started, first time appointment, and right of deal. And there's post decision, which is like what happens after the close, but left of deal, right of deal. If you can, if you can essentially think of it in those two different categories, you can start getting a little bit more granular with micro processes. So, you think of a left of deal. What do I, you have to essentially create a process. What happens when an inbound lead comes through? Inbound lead comes through, they haven't scheduled yet. What do we do? Um, we're doing outbound towards our ideal market. We want to do outbound prospecting. What mediums are we going to be on? What's our ideal customer look like? How do we approach them? What's the cadence of doing that? That's a micro process underneath left of deal. Um, same thing goes for right of deal. What does your pipeline look like? First time appointment follow-up activities, second appointment, proposal, proposal delivery. Like what does your pipeline look like? That's your right of deal, really thinking through that. So at a minimum, having those things defined. Not going to be perfect, but at least having something from the follow because when they can follow it and do it repetitively, you can improve it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where I would start. Yeah, for sure. So um, if someone wanted help with that, is that something you guys do? Like, is that the left of deal, right of deal? Is that- yeah, we, that's uh, for us. It's We want to come in and analyze first, who do you serve? How do you serve them as an agency? What's your positioning? What's your offer? What's your market look like? 
Yeah, and cool. that will inform, we'll create a roadmap and that'll inform what processes do you have that are great, keep them. Mm-hmm. What processes do you have that sucked, destroy them, redo them. And then what do you not have at all? Let's create them. And, yeah, and that's nice. all we'll with you. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, you know, like there's no way we can cover all of that in a podcast yeah. <laughs> interview. So if someone is interested in that, what's the best place for them to go? Yeah, right now it's joeygilkey.com, uh, salesdrivenagency.com, which will be up probably by the time this is launched. is probably yeah. sufficient. Well. Yeah, cool. simple. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So yeah, just know that if you do need help with this stuff, uh, there is uh, yeah, Joey and the team can help you w- with that. But we'll, we still will try and dig in and give you as much value as we can we'll uh, right, right now so you can go away and actually start hiring people. So where do you find people struggle the most in the process, like in, in all of that? Um, for one, it's headspace, their mind. Uh, they don't think that they can. So agencies typically fall in what we would consider one of four archetypes or, or labels categories. One is they've never done sales. They've entirely operated off of word of mouth and referrals. Yeah. Super common amongst agencies, mm-hmm. typically under a million and a half US dollars um, are usually going to fall into that category. Maybe up to like two to three, but that, that would be rare. Uh, the second is they've tried sales, tried hiring. They know it's important failed miserably, right? A lot of it's because they don't have process uh, for them to run on. They don't know how to manage the salesperson, which we can get into management, which will, that'll actually help move the needle. Um, the other two are, they're, they're essentially silver bullet hunters. So they're looking for that one silver bullet thing that can help them. And maybe it's three years ago, it was using LinkedIn automation to automate your messaging. Mm. And now it's so saturated with work. And so if you're dependent, if your business growth is dependent on that one tactic and that goes away, you're left with nothing. And the last is you found a sales rock star who didn't need process, could come in and actually kill it for you. But if they left you tomorrow, you'd go back to nothing. Those are the four main categories we find with agencies. And so there's challenges amongst all four of those, but I would say as a whole, it's, it's two things. They are dependent on unpredictable means. So um, word of mouth referral, et cetera, and they're unsustainable. They're dependent on a tactic or a salesperson without process to be successful. And then if either of those go away tomorrow, uh, they're at high risk of going back to nothing. Is it a bad idea to hire like a salesperson to work with you on your process? Like, for example, I'm thinking about hiring a business development manager that would be a partnerships kind of salesperson. Cause we, we don't do one-on-one sales cause our product yeah. is 30 bucks to 60 bucks a month. You yeah, know, it's one, not, yeah, yeah there's no way they'd pay for themselves. So instead it's more about like, you know, going and finding people who have access to lots of accountants and selling that person to sell to their clients, Um, you know, and I am not super well versed in that. So part of me is like, well, I would like someone to work with me on creating said process. Are there like, is that just, is that a unicorn of a person that doesn't exist? Not necessarily. No, I would say that like partnership managers are semi rare. They're almost like a combination of sales people and client success people. Mm. So yes, it's a little bit more unicorn ish, but it's not, it's not super, super rare. Um, I would say the channel, like if you have a high volume product or like a really productized service that you need high volume um, and SaaS would, would certainly fall into that category. Partnerships, channel partnerships are probably your greatest one. It's your lowest cost per acquisition. 
and and two, it's probably your greatest volume or influx of leads. Um, as long as you can really cultivate. So I think what you're looking for, the channel partner type of, I'll just call it like a channel partner manager yeah. or something. Um, what you're looking for is someone who can drum up new business and, and new relationships, but can simultaneously also maintain relationships. Because what I've also found is people go out and they have all these referral. I have a thousand referral agreements in my inbox of people who want me to refer them business, but they never follow up. <laughs> so I don't find them. They just think like, oh, if he signs this contract, like naturally he's going to think of me. And so really having someone who can think for your channel partner and how you guys continue to have initiatives together, uh, how you can help serve them in some capacity, Mm -hmm. um, collaborate on things, like just thinking outside the box a little bit. So that's why it's a little bit of a client success and sales type person. Yeah, totally. Um, But that does exist. You know, I think, I think you would treat it very much like you would treat outbound sales. So maybe somebody who's, not afraid to pick up the phone, send the cold email, yeah. you know, figuratively knock on the door and, and create the relationship. But then yeah. also somebody who probably got an experience with longer sales cycles, bigger book of business management. I'll tell yeah. you one, at least in the U S I don't know how it is in the Australian market. Um, one untapped industry is insurance agents. Oh yeah. Insurance agents have to have big volume of sales, but their clients stick around for a long time. And so it's a big relationship management. So they're not as technical necessarily. Uh, that can always be taught. Yeah. But in terms of those who know how to sell and maintain relationships, because it's essentially a residual commission every year, as long as you keep someone um, in your book of business. Um, yeah. they're, they're actually a probably pretty untapped market to find talent and cheap because they're used to working commission only. Do you mean like hiring an actual insurance agent to work for you instead of themselves? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, essentially someone who has experience selling in, in yeah. insurance. Oh, gotcha. They want to change careers to maybe being a partner manager. That's awesome. For, for you, that's, yeah. Like, that's they would a really, be an I'd, I'd tap into. That's um, a really cool tip. Um, does any of this apply to like the, the agency sales process? Like could someone hire a salesperson to help them with their own sales process. Obviously they can talk to you guys, but let's say, yeah, I think so. You know, I think you, you kind of run into that issue with oftentimes like my background was VP of sales, right? So I was first Southeastern division in the, in the U S managing 115 people at a fortune owner company, right? Really big organization, hired a lot of people, trained a lot of people, fired a lot of people, managed a lot of people. Uh, that then went into small business world where I was at a consulting firm, VP of sales there. And so there's a difference in selling and running sales, right? People who are great at sales aren't always the best sales managers or VP of sales. I happen to be pretty good at both. Um, I would say I'm, I'm much better at building out the sales infrastructure and operation than I am about knocking on doors, creating leads, and then closing them. Mm. I have a team for that. Um, and so what people will typically make the mistake of is with an agency, they need leads and they need sales now, but they also realize they need the process. And so their thought is I need to go hire a higher level salesperson who's more like a VP of sales to build it out. But that person doesn't want to sell anymore. They want to build out and run a sales organization. Gotcha. Yeah. You still need sales. And so it's kind of this weird part where I got to pay a hundred something thousand dollars for a VP of sales who doesn't want to sell, but he can build the process <laughs> for me. 
Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of a weird rock and a hard place. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly why you guys exist, right? That it makes sense because then you can be, I guess, uh, that stand in, uh, you help them do the process and, and avoid needing that hundred thousand yeah. dollars. This isn't meant to be like a big pitch for us, but I think that's the, the benefit is we want to get in and out and build it for you and bring in your salespeople and get out of the way as fast as possible so that you can run your ship. It's only a pitch if uh, if you're the one doing it. If I'm going, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It's different. I'm allowed. Yeah, it's to. Okay. I'm keep it up, man. <laughs> I'm allowed to pitch for you, but uh, yeah, it's like I can see, can see it being why it's such a needed service. Because when we had an agency, we were considering salespeople, and I spoke to someone actually similar to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the thing that was always in my mind was always like salespeople are going to cost a ton of money Um, and because I had it in my mind that that's, I would need that high level person to actually help us with sales. So the fact that you can get that help, um, you know, and, and not. That's the goal. Absolutely. But I didn't think like sales compensation is also really daunting for, for uh, agencies. They don't know how to compensate salespeople. Uh, well, let's talk know. about that. Because yeah. <laughs> that was, I yeah, definitely that, don't. I would fall into the uh, hiring category of uh, what does your comp plans look like? And so I usually break it down. There's a bunch of different categories for how I break down comp structures. It depends on are you a project-based company, meaning you come in and just do a big project, or are you a retainer-based company, subscription model, maybe something like yours. Uh, do you do residual commission? Do you do a one-time commission? Do you do a base plus commission? Like all those questions start floating around. Mm. The way I really think about it is, can you provide a massive, predictable influx of inbound leads? If you can, do a very low base or no base and a a strong commission, right? I typically, for agencies specifically, if you can produce inbound leads at a predictable clip rate, um, then I would like to do a 10% commission on every deal. That's That's your comp. When you say that, by the way, like predictable in inbound, that's, we're talking pretty much paid ads, SEO. Um, Paid ads, SEO, but even, you know, if your content drives a ton, you know, I've got a client of mine who, you know, they, they, they rank really high for um, really competitive keywords in Mm -hmm. a very, you know, much needed space. Um, And, and they drive a ton of inbound leads per month. And so a lot of the next question with that typically is, well, what's enough inbound leads? Right. Yeah. And so to kind of back into that, I like to think of it as what should my salesperson. So in the U S I don't know what it is in Australia, but we call it OTE on target earnings. What should my salespersons on annual on target earnings be? Um, and I like my salespeople first year to make between 75 and 120,000. We'll just call it a hundred thousand for round number sake. Uh, again, this is U S dollars. And if I break that down, that means I need to make 8,500 a month. If, um, if our average deal size is, let's say it's uh, a $10,000 product or or project. Mm -hmm. And I want to pay that salesperson 10% of that deal. Well, that means that they need to land 85,000 a month in new business to close, to get essentially 8,500 a month in commission. Right. So that, you know, annualized, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So then you have to kind of go reverse engineer that. Then you think through what should a stabilized sales rep be closing? Meaning what's their close rate or what's their win rate for every 10 qualified leads. 
Should they close two? Should they close three? Should they close four, right? Um, I say use two to three, so 25%. If I know that they need to close, they're gonna have to close one out of every four deals that are qualified, then you just reverse engineer that, right? If yeah. they need you know, eight deals to close, then eight times four per month. If you can drive 32 qualified leads per month, I'd say you have a sufficient predictable inbound machine. Yeah. That person should only be doing inbound. Yeah. Hopefully that's that makes, a you know, really reverse, good. You want know, to write all that down, but that's, that's a, that's how I like to do inbound. No, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Right. Like, so, cause that's the thing. Most people are just going to go hear that hundred thousand and go, Oh no, I can't afford that. But like, if you reverse engineer it and go, okay, well, if we can get this, this many leads and based on these numbers, um, we should be able to pay it back. Dollars, right? If you're doing a 10% commission, it's a million dollars in revenue. Yeah. dollars. It's all performance based. That's inbound. And that's only if you can, you know, and then you got to get into what's your cost per acquisition and blah, blah, blah. But that's up to you to decide that. Yeah. Um, the other part is outbound, right? So if you can't produce that, the question is, okay, are we then entirely outbound? Meaning we're going to have no inbound leads. I want the salesperson only focused on outreach. Um, then you have probably a base, a base salary and a moderate commission. I usually, if you do a retainer and you can retain clients for six, 12 months, I like to pay a bigger commission on the first month of the engagement. So let's say you sell a $5,000 per month retainer, 60,000 a year. I would, I would prefer to pay 20% on month one than 5% for the entire year. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. So 5% on each month's retainer, you know, it equals out to roughly $3,000 in commission uh, mm. for that one day. If yeah. I pay 20% on month one and I keep that client for 12 months, I'm only paying about two grand on, on that particular deal. Mm. So just, just how you depends on how you want to structure it. No, but that's, then it's good both, to know that that's possible, you know? Yeah. And if you have both inbound and outbound, I would have a moderate base salary, have a little bit higher commission for your outbound, right? So if they have to, if they have to create the lead and close the lead outbound, have a higher commission. If you create the lead because you paid for it through paid ads or content or SEO, you recoup that by having a smaller, usually half the commission rate inbound lead. Is there a way to track all of this simply? Like how, how do you, like obviously at this point you're getting all these different leads through with different commission percentages. How do you mm -hmm. track all of that? Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a couple different commission tracking software. If you have a small team, most agencies are not going to exceed three or four salespeople. Mm. Doing a Google spreadsheet, you know, yeah. we built it yeah, out. Um, but, but there's there's commission tracking softwares where you can do custom plans, um, and they can integrate with your CRM. We use PipeDrive, and that's what we usually roll out for all yeah. of our customers. PipeDrive, um, Commissionly, or BlitzRock um, yeah. are commission tracking softwares that integrate. And every time a deal closes in PipeDrive, it essentially assigns whoever the owner of that deal is inside of Commissionly, attaches a specific. Um, commission structure to them and just tells you. Yeah, hey, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in like while you say this, that um, you could do this with Airtable too, you know, like I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you could build, you can build your own kind of database. You can have a list of salespeople and their commission levels. And um, as long as you put all the payments back into Airtable somehow, like the like the retainer clients and stuff, you could easily build an, a database to, to oh, calculate yeah. this. We love heaps of fun. I like yeah. that. I, I do that for just for fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
yeah, it's so it's a lot of it's it's great in a lot of ways. It does have some shortcomings, but um, you know, when you find a good use case for it like this, it's like yes, like <laughs> so that's what I get excited. Yeah. So um, I just had a question when you were talking about like um, you know. If we're talking uh, these kind of dollar figures, I know a lot of people listening to this are smaller agencies than that, right? Like the 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 concept of uh, getting to having one person doing eight hundred fifty grand worth of sales is monstrous, right? Like for for some people, is there such a thing as like a fractional salesperson? Because I know there's like fractional COOs and CMOs. You can get someone who's a chief marketing officer to, that works on multiple companies. Is that does that exist in sales? Yeah, it does. It's, it's one of those where it's tough to find. So if you can produce a, a decent amount of inbound, so the cool thing about inbound, if, if you're going to be an entirely inbound lead based company and you just need somebody to work your inbound leads and close your inbound leads, they can work five hours, they can work 40 hours, just depending on your amount of lead volume. Cause you're not, they're not sitting there siphoning off overhead from you cause you're not paying them a salary, right? If they're okay to make, to only be able to work 10 hours a, a week, um, and close a few deals here and there, just paying commission only, they can work 10 hours a week. Mm. Um, when it comes to what a lot of companies are doing is they're outsourcing their sales um, to a fractional sales agency. Unfortunately, those agencies, and I know because I ran one, um, they're only able to go so far into your sales process without really getting involved and their business model doesn't scale if they get involved past the lead handoff. Right. So you can have people, you have the lead gen agencies out there that can go do prospecting for you and create a bunch of leads. Uh, to be quite honest, 95% of them out there, um, a lot of vain promises on top of promises. And, <laughs> and they, they never really pan out. So yeah. uh, the long answer was that. Short answer is yes, they're out there. They're harder to find. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's fair enough. And I can see it being difficult anyway, right? Like without a salesperson being full time with you, like when they're full time, they're going to have a much better understanding of how you deliver projects, like how you work. Um, they're going to be able to be better uh, rather than if they're only putting a little bit of time into what you do. You know, it's... Yeah, I think another way to kind of get a lot out of a salesperson, if you can't figure out a way to have a full time salesperson is this is kind of an, a popular, I don't know if you've seen this as much, but with agencies having a foot in the door offer, if you've heard of that term mm. where it's, it's a sliver of your greater, let's say your average deals 50 grand, you might slice off a smaller roadmap or audits or blueprint that you would normally do in your $50,000 project, but you charge them 1500 bucks to just get your foot in the door, mm. right? Do something that's valuable to them, build some trust, et cetera. You can have salespeople selling that all day long and then have them be involved in the delivery of that $1,500 product and then pay them like a, a, a flat fee for everyone. They get commission for closing the deal and they get a flat fee for actually putting together the roadmap and delivering it. Oh, nice. That's a way they want to stretch that salesperson. It's actually sales, you know, irregardless of salespeople, having a foot the door offer is super powerful for a lot of agencies to differentiate themselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's the whole like paid discovery process kind of thing. That's, that's one um, option. I know when we were doing custom software, we often did like a UX phase or the, the planning slash UX, we called it. Um, and that was fairly easy to sell because we just say, we have to do this anyway. This is the first stage of the project. 
Um, and the deliverables from this mean you could go anywhere with it. Like you're not tied to us. You know, we're going to give you all the designs. Any developer needs this. You can't just go straight to development um, because you'll end up with a crappy product. And so we had this thing. And, you know, some people would take it and then go to like Upwork or something and try to get it built and, and fail miserably. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was it was much easier sell than going, oh, that this is a hundred grand software product. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can sell the $1,500, $3,000. You know, I've, I've had a roadmap that we sell that's 7,500 um, of the larger deal, which is hundreds. And uh, it's a lot easier to bite off the 7,500 or the 3,000. Mm. And uh, and then you just have the ability to develop trust and authority in the relationship and they get used to paying you. Mm. Uh, you get used to delivering for them. You work together and see if you like each other. It's actually a good way to try out and make sure you don't sign on bad clients, which is- Yeah, totally, right? Because you can also say no to the next project if it turns out that they're no good. So I guess some examples like in website, the paid discovery is a big one, but you could plan out like content for a website, like plan out the sitemap and structure and what's going there as, as a, like an early stage thing. You could do designs, marketing, you could plan out, I guess, like campaigns. So there's a lot of options there that you could do as yeah. like a splinter. One thing that as you're talking, it came back to my mind. You asked the question, what's the biggest problem for a lot of agencies? This this little piece of advice, and this is again part of the mind, this piece of advice changed my business a long time ago. Um, one of my mentors, and uh, he, he essentially explained this to me, and this is for any position. So this is not just sales related, but since we're talking about sales, this is very much applies. You have to be willing to be okay with someone you hire doing 60% as good of a job as you. <laughs> and the reason for that is, and I'll, I'll explain this in the context of agency sales, because this is really important. Mm -hmm. Most agencies are word of mouth referrals, maybe a little bit of inbound through a directory somewhere or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Inconsistent, unpredictable. You don't know when a lead's coming through and you're not going to get that many of them. And so every lead is super valuable, period. Mm -hmm. And so the thought you have is, well, if we're where we're at today, because we have 20, 20 leads a year and I have to close half of those as the age, like in order for us to be the revenue number, I have to close half of those. If I back up a salesperson's only going to be 60% as good as me, they're going to close 25% of those roughly 30%. That's scary for an agency owner to think through. But the way I look at it is if you can have someone come in and do 60% as good as you, and you can somehow figure out a way to start increasing leads. Maybe, maybe you go focus on generating more partnerships. Like you talked about channel partnerships, increase the lead volume. If I can go from 20 leads a year to 40 years leads a year, then 60% as good is actually 20% better than I could do mm. right by myself. And so that's just a way to think of it. A way to scale yourself is, and they're going to eventually grow out of being 60%. They'll be 70% as good, 80% as good, 90% as good. And so I think that's just a mindset that a lot of agency owners have is they can't relinquish control of something if it's not 100% as good as they could do it. Um, so the other part of that is go hire two salespeople. Two people doing 60% as good, 120%. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like the, you hit on something massive there and it's just, it's freeing up your time. If you, th that's how we started this, this agency, uh, this pot episode talking about, um, I guess, wearing so many hats as an agency, like you're trying to do delivery and sales and all sort of stuff. And this is just the perfect thing. If you can find someone good to, 
you know, get, get off your plate so you can work on better delivery or more leads or marketing, well, that's you know? super important because the way that we look at growth is in three categories. There's, there's pipeline, which is leads. Where do your leads come from? How many are there? There's conversion. How many of those leads can we convert into customers? And then there's economics. What do we charge? How much do we churn? How much do we retain? If you can offload conversion and pipeline, where the leads are coming from, how many are closing. If you can get away from having to do that, you can then go focus on the product and instead of charging 50 grand for something. If you can increase the value of what you do to then charge $100,000 for that same product, you know, that's been tweaked now that you can focus on it and you're involved. Well, a salesperson doing 60% as good as you is actually doing 20% more revenue now, mm. even though they're closing less deals deals are far more valuable. So there's just different ways to scale growth. And it's usually by impacting all three of those categories. We usually get obsessed with leads. I want to lead. That's why the lead, you know, lead gen agencies exist is because they're preying on that, uh, what they call the bleeding neck, you know, the biggest yeah. problem is more leads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's constant. On, yeah, it's constant. But if you focus on any one of those categories, increasing your pricing a little bit, um, being able to convert 30% instead of 20%, then leads aren't as important if you can impact those other two categories. The magic happens when you can impact all of them. Yeah, totally. And you know, when, I, when I was saying it's constant, I mean, it's like the number one thing people say when they come into our Facebook group or like whatever, it's always the biggest problem. I need more leads. I need more leads. Like people even open up support chat on um, content scenario and go, I need more leads for my business. I'm like, what? That's not what we do. Go away. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's all, it's, that's constant. It makes no sense to me, but yeah. uh, it's very strange. Um, but like, I mean, you could also, you know, if you're taking, your time, like salesperson's doing the conversion or whatever it is. Um, and you're able to work on even lead generation. You know, I hear so many agencies owners saying, yeah, I need to do more content. I need to do more of this. I need like on the lead generation side, everyone says they need to do more content. They need to do X, Y, Z, but they know they don't do it. And it usually comes down to time. I always, you know, sometimes it's just time management and not actually putting a, a lot aside the time to do that kind of stuff. Um, but if you've got someone, you know, taking things off your plate like a salesperson, then you have more time to do that. Even if you're stuck, maybe maybe it's a revenue problem and you can't hire a salesperson and you don't have a bunch of leads so you can't do a commission only. Mm. Like founder-based selling, like you said, you can become a really efficient founder seller, right? And learn how to sell in blocks of time as long as it's organized. I actually have a guide on our website that's just sitting there. Um, If you go to joegilkey.com forward slash stacking dash guide, Okay. Um, I will link that up in the show notes. Yeah, that, that guide, it's probably 5,000 words or so. And it's, it's a very extensive breakdown of how to set up your CRM to manage efficient outreach. And then what we call stacking, it's, a, it's, a, it's essentially a process that I developed that enables you to never drop a prospect. Uh, always know where a prospect's at in your process, what you should be doing, when you should be doing it. And that is how you can really maximize a founder who's stuck selling in the meantime, it makes them more efficient. They'll just spend as much time, but the time's really concentrated. Nice. And then you can also apply that to a salesperson in one sign. Yeah, totally. That's so it's almost like getting that process sorted. Um, 
before you go and hire someone. This is a good, yeah, it's a massive guy. It's just a blog post, yeah? So I was like, so there's no opt-in, no, no nothing. No, so go uh, I'm not big. I mean, there's an opt-in if you want to watch a video version of it. But yeah, I like to have free content. It's yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, that was at joeygookie.com slash stacking dash guide. And you will be able to see all of this at agencyhighway.com slash 113 um, when you go and check out the show notes there. Uh, Joey, is there anything you think we need to cover before we wrap up? Like, if is there like any like, you know, your favorite single tip kind of <laughs> things? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple little tidbits, and some of them are super simple, right? Like sometimes I'm I'm reluctant to even share some of the simple stuff because they seem so simple, but they're simple because in theory they're easy to pull off, but the fact that I still have to keep mentioning them is because people don't do the simple things. Right. Well, a couple, couple really easy things you can be doing. Um, if you get into an appointment. So we, we talk about this thing called pipeline velocity. Pipeline velocity is essentially how fast a deal gets from the deal opens to the deal closes. Right. And we track that in dashboards and we want to make sure we're always trying to as long as we can keep our conversions at or above where we want them to be, we want to shrink our sales cycle, right? So if I have 10 deals in a pipeline, each one's worth $100,000, I have a million dollars in my pipeline. If I know that we close 30% and the average sales cycle is nine days, I know that in the next nine days, I'm gonna make 300 grand, period. I can make big decisions if I know those numbers. So the way that we help with pipeline velocity is a very simple tip. When you get on a call with someone, let's say you're on a first time appointment with a prospect, it goes super well. The typical way that an agency will handle this, who's not really well versed in sales is I have a great call. Say, Hey, John, uh, this one's super great. I qualified them. They probably qualified me. They want to hear more. Hey, Joey, send me a proposal. Okay. So, Two things there. One, don't ever send a proposal. Always deliver a proposal either in person or, or over Zoom and then send it to them afterwards because you want to be there to answer any objections, questions, et cetera. Nice. That's not, the, that's not the main tip, but definitely do that. Two is what people will typically do is say, hey, great. You know, we're going to go put together a proposal. Um, I'll reach out to you and we'll get something on the calendar here shortly um, when we can deliver that to you. Awesome. Okay, great. See you later. And you hang up. You go build the proposal, you finish it, you shoot them an email, say, hey, John, we finished the proposal, we'd love to talk to you, or uh, go ahead and go over it. They go dark. They take a while. You can't line up calendars. The single thing that we like to do is make sure that we call it uh, maintaining momentum. And so most people will do this. They'll essentially work super hard to get the first time appointment, and then they'll lose momentum because they go do the proposal and then try to get back on their calendar, finally land one, have the meeting, deliver the proposal, et cetera. The best thing to do is to maintain momentum is to always set your next appointment while you currently have them on the call. So let's just say you and I are on a call. It went super well. You want to see proposals. Say, okay, great. Um, well, I actually have my calendar out right now. If you wouldn't mind opening yours up real quick, um, I want to go ahead and prioritize that meeting and get it on the calendar. Um, I have next Thursday at 9 o'clock and next Friday at 2 o'clock. Do either of those times work for you? You would tell me. One of the times. Great. Well, actually, I'm going to send you the invite right now. Let me know when you see that. Got it. Awesome. If you just accept that, we'll go ahead and lock it in. I will see you next <laughs> Friday at 10 o'clock. How's that work? Boom. Super simple. 
But when you do that, it's already on the calendar, it's locked in. They're going to have to go above and beyond to cancel that, right? You don't, have to, you don't have to fight them for their calendar. You don't have to reach back out when they've lost momentum yeah. to maintain momentum. That's probably a super easy tip that anybody can do because we all have meetings all the time. Always. Yeah. And it also sets a deadline for you to get that proposal done. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that one's, I mean, that'll, that'll move the needle for a lot of people, even though it's super easy, right? Yeah. Sometimes I hesitate to even share those, but that's sometimes the easy stuff is the one that moves the needle the furthest. Guys, well, I mean, go and do that. Make sure you start presenting proposals over Zoom. I'm in two minds over that one. Like, cause you know, I guess some people it's, it works fine for, but normally with me, when someone wants to present a proposal over Zoom, I'm like, nah, just send me it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not everyone. Well, that's, the cool thing is, is when you really have a sales driven agency, you're never desperate for a sale, right? You yeah. have a full pipeline, convert them at a good rate. Okay. Yeah, we're just probably not a good fit. Move yeah. on. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the leverage you really want to create with an agency. Unfortunately, most agencies don't know how to create that leverage. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, it's just time, right? It's like, I, I have one slot a day when I can talk to people in the U S so if they want to present a proposal, I'm just like, no, I know how to read one. I know what I want. I don't need to. Yeah. But like, I, I totally understand. And I know it's such a good thing. Like I'm not everybody. Right. So a lot of clients like agencies, clients, we're going to be totally happy to jump on that call. Um, yeah. And so I love those two tips that we've finished off with Joey. Uh, thank you so much for sharing both those tips and everything else we've talked about. It's been awesome. Yeah, man. I realize it's a, it's a fire hydrant and it's, it's a big Paul yeah. task, so we can't attack it all, but I put out free content all the time. So f- feel free to, to stop on by and, and see what we're putting. Yeah. So where, where should people go? What's the best spot for them to go get that free content and to talk to you guys? Yeah, free content, best place to go is joeygilkey.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sales Driven Agency will be up here shortly. So I'll link out to that in joeygilkey.com. So go to joeygilkey.com. Uh, that's, free- uh, that's Joey, J-O-E-Y, Gilkey, G-I-L-K-E-Y.com. If you're listening to this and don't want to go to the show notes, <laughs> but they will be at agencyhighway.com. Uh, I've got some guides on there. I've also got a free video course, three videos that uh, talk about the whole here's the big problem. Here's how to solve it with sales driven agency. Here's an example agency. Absolutely. Awesome. Joey, again, thank you for coming on. This has been really great. Cheers. Guys, uh, head over to agencyhighway.com slash 113113 to get uh, the show notes. The transcript will be going up there eventually. Um, and, uh, and to get all the links we've mentioned in today's episode, that's it. And I'll see you next time. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.